Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is February 20th. I can't believe that we are on February 20th. I'm always shocked at the date. But it, it, it's funny because once when I was writing um, Origins of Truth, I always started the page with the date because, you know, I never knew what was coming, but at least I would know when I wrote it or in what sequence the writing was. So I would just date the paper and let it go. And one time, it was in 2008, or not 2008, that's when the book came out, I'm sorry. It was like 2004 or five, because Little Wing became melted into Origins of Truth. But then I put like 3,004. And I'm like, wow, that looks so weird. 3,004, 3,005, 3,010. That's going to be so weird. And Christ said it's irrelevant. If you put 2,004, 5, 6, 7, 8, 3,004, 5, 6, 7, 8, does it matter? It's just a way for us here. And, you know, I know we all know there's no time, but I think if we just change the date, what difference would it make? Other than the fact that it's keeping a timeline of how long we've been here, as far as we can tell. But today I have like a ton of dreams. I mean, I'm I'm thinking I have close to 15, so I'm going to try to get through them. I got a dream like in box? I don't know. It's like um, something called requested or something. So anyway, I got this dream there. And it said, hi, Nadia. Hope you are well. My friend had a dream. She would like you to interpret if you have time. She dreamed with her ex-husband, who is the father of her 15-year-old daughter. He passed away about a year ago after losing his battle with cancer. In her dream, she was getting married married to her ex-husband who passed away. He looked happy and they joked around. He told her, you better not die since you are older than me. Or she told him. He smiled. She is wondering if this is a visitation. They were married for a short time and he was not very involved with their daughter. They did not maintain a friendship. So she is curious to why she would dream about him. Dream like this, these kinds of dreams where someone's passed away and then you meet them, you, you see them again, but you see them whole. Because when, when people are home, they're whole again. Here we're fractured, our experiences have shaped us, our environments have shaped us, our geography has shaped us, our politics has shaped us, our religions have shaped us. Everything had its dibs on who we are here. But when we go home, that's all gone. Nothing shapes us. We are who we are as a result of all of what we've seen or our level of evolution. Only know purity. When, when Christ said truth, love, and purity, well, we don't have to battle truth at home. We already feel love at home. 
and we also already go back to our original form, which is purity. So when someone comes back for a little visit, first of all, it's not that easy to do. So when it does happen, it's very special, and we tend to remember those dreams and the details of those dreams. It's almost like you had a real conversation with that person, more real than any conversation you ever had while they were alive on earth. Because they're still alive, they're just not in a body anymore. We never die. We never end. Our journeys may end. They have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And there's a reason why we start aging from the minute the sperm and the egg hit, even though we don't think about it because we think, oh, they're young, they're just starting. But we are all aging. We've just been taught to be embarrassed about the older aging. And we were taught that we're naive when we're young, and we're actually not very naive. We just assume it so we don't teach to the strength of the human soul. Someone shows up, she got to heal. She got to come back and say, hey, you know what? You are really a good person. Look, this is the fun part of us. I am happy now. Can joke around with you now. To the point where she said, you better not die since you are older than me. Because she never not loved him. Even though they were married for a short time, she loved him enough to marry him, even if it was just for a short time in life. Love doesn't change. It's the relationships that change. And now her relationship had yet renewed itself, has changed yet again towards him. Because think about it. Now that she had this dream, what what happened? Every time she thinks of him, she will feel good about him. She will feel warm about him. She will remember the pleasantness. She will remember the happiness. All because he made a visit. And he cared enough. It wasn't like, yeah, well, that was just a short stint in my life. But what else will happen? There's another really good thing that comes out of this. Every time she talks to her daughter about her father, she is going to speak in kind. She is going to speak with warmth. She is going to remember things. You know how we're so myopic and we always focus on what people did wrong, what they did to us, and we're, we're mad and we hold on to that. And she can't hold on to it anymore after a dream like this. Because all that's left in this dream is the love. And now that he has it, in a different level of understanding, he came back to share it with her, knowing how desperate we are for positive experiences with love. 
that these dreams are probably some of the most beautiful because if you know when we say positive begets positive positive is begetting positive and will for the rest of the existence of his and even more so because her daughter will probably outlive her hopefully that her daughter's life feels supported by both of her parents. That's why it is so dangerous in divorce situations to demonize one or the other parent, even though I'm not saying these people did that. But just a side note, because this is really important to me, is that if you demonize the other parent, you're telling that human being that half of their genetic pool is a mess to deal with that, whether you're alive or not. So it's always beautiful, always nice, always wonderful to know that both sides work because those both sides are who you are, who they are. So my rule with children is always treat them the way you know if someone treated you, you would have felt healthier emotionally. When, when someone pushes another person, they tend to get defensive or they want to push back because whatever someone said repelled them in some way. And so when I see that in life between a parent and a child, a husband and a wife, a boyfriend and a girlfriend, even all the way down to social media, people we don't even physically know around my life, I've made a decision. But I made that decision because of how I've dealt with things in life, like a divorce, like raising my kids alone, like a remarriage, like dealing with uh, stepchildren who were You know, I didn't even understand what was going on at the time. But it wasn't good. But my my whole feeling was fix it, try to fix it, try again. Saying in Arabic, you know, you could bang your head against the wall and nothing will come of it. If that's what I find I'm doing, that's when I know it's, it's, I can't help that person and maybe just like Christ says, run, don't walk away. God does not leave anyone behind. God's got this. We're limited here, but God has got this. And God had that. And this person was blessed in this dream. Blessed to feel like they were worth coming back to. Worth being loved that this person really loved them and reached out to heal the mother and the daughter of his lifetime. So there you have it. And if you didn't hear this dream, this was Nancy's and it was the first dream today. So go back and listen. I have another dream and this one is from overseas, uh, from America. So I'm going to read it. Dear Nadia, I have a dream for the show. I was talking to you. You were talking about your spiritual work. It looks like pure, white, vibrant energy. For some reason, you didn't want to put your name on it. So you just put, oh, that's interesting. You just put 
a title, spiritual teachings. Then I dreamed that the person I recently met is narcissistic. I had this impression in real life, so I took the dream as a confirmation. I love this dream. Why do I love this dream? Because it gave you a measurement. It gave you a measurement between love that wants nothing back and love that does. And love that does. When somebody wants something back over and over and over again, we get exhausted as human beings. Because every time we wake up, it's like Groundhog Day. It's almost like your history never added up. No matter what you've done, nothing matters. What have you done for me lately? That Janet Jackson song, and some of you guys are too young to hear it. Look it up. But Janet Jackson is called, What Have You Done For Me Lately? That is exhausting. You know, when I was younger, and and today seems to be a real nostalgic day with these dreams, but we used to say things like, who died and left you, boss? Well, that was so telling. I used it like three times this week in conversations to things in my past where I let someone be my boss. Or I believed we were partners and we were kind of each other's boss only to find out that I had no power, at least in my brain. But we get to see the difference. The difference in conversation, what that sounds like, what love sounds like is like. Because we cannot define love. It's too big for us to define. We cannot define God. I can say God is love, but we haven't defined love. We can feel love. But as we grow older, it gets deeper and deeper. And so as it gets deeper, you start going, wow, I wish I knew this when I was 15. Well, you weren't meant to know it when you were 15, or you would have known it when you were 15. Living, breathing organisms. We're growing. I don't know any more than you do in terms of what we see and what we get in life. But we have different gifts. We have different gifts. And my greatest love in life is love. Love of each other. Love of each other. And the fact that you took that to your dream was you just understanding that for better or more than the awareness that you had a dream and you could tell when something wasn't okay. Because that means it's inside of you that you can see how to help yourself in your life, wherever you live in this world, and that you actually don't need me. You, you have tools now. And those tools are working because the conversations are so cool.
And every day there's like one more layer of what? But you could see what wasn't okay once you can see what is okay. So thanks for that dream. I really love it. Thank you. So I have other dreams. Let's try to get through them, and I hope I do. It's like I got a few minutes left, maybe 13. I could, I could handle this. Let's see. All right. So I have another dream. It's from Liam. And Liam Colley says, I have a reoccurring dream that in which I'm very popular. I seem to be the most popular person in the room, or else I'm making a very high up doing well in school and having good relationships with the teacher. It's like a dream where everything that could go right is going right. And I've had it about four or five times, excuse me, in the last half year. Maybe it's just one of those dreams to give someone relief of some sort that things aren't as bad as they may appear sometimes. I don't know what you think. Well, what I think is, If you're having dreams like that, what does that feel like when you have that dream? You feel confident? You feel like you really can do what you want to do? Think of ourselves as being popular. It's not because we want to be popular and loved by everyone else. I know it sounds funny to say that because you would think that. But when you have dreams that you are the most popular person, not just popular like other people may be for their gifts, but the most popular person, you are finally saying to yourself that, hey, I'm not less than anybody. I can be my best no matter what. Why can't I? Why not me? Two. Not the Me Too movement, but the Me Too, I can do that. This is an entire dream of confidence. You've faced yourself even when you didn't want to. You faced yourself. And now, and now you are ready to face the world with yourself. Think about that. Not only have you faced you, but you're ready to take you to the big stage. Whatever stage that is, I don't know. But you, you've, you've built that bridge, and now you're walking on it step by step by step. Yay, yay. You're doing it. And it's not hard anymore. It doesn't feel unattainable anymore. It doesn't feel like you can't do it because somebody else did it. it. doesn't feel like that. It feels like it's you now. Start getting the visuals through our dreams of what to do with what we've earned. So see where it takes you because your confidence is in place now for you to do that. So I hope that helped. I have another dream. This one is Maria Dulce, and she says, good morning, Nadia. Please, if there is time, my eldest sister had a dream that impacted her. We are three sisters and one brother. We are going in and out of a house 
that she did not recognize, but she felt that we used to live there. The other sister was threatening us, holding a gun to impose her wishes over us. Then she said that I left the house even when she couldn't see me, and she knew I was there, but only as a presence. When she got inside the house, my brother already had left as well. And at the moment, she got so upset and angry that took the handgun from my other sister's hand while telling her it's enough, no more threatening others, end of dream. Uh-huh. For, for you, Maria, we've had a lot of dreams that dealt with your family, your brothers, your brother, your sisters. You, you tend to be very tied in with everyone in your family. And with that is a whole lifetime of events that shape the relationship that you guys have. Down to feeling like one of you may want to eliminate some of you. But there's always one of you in the group of four that stops the crazy from happening. It's almost like a government that has checks and balances. And when one balance goes off, somebody else says, hey, wait a minute, we got to stop this one. And we got to face this one. And we got to pay attention to this. Doesn't matter who's around and who isn't. The feelings are the same as though everybody is around. That's why the presence is always felt. But to get to holding a handgun is telling you how deep these are, as well as how deep the likenesses are. So there's always a teeter-totter going on. It's like when someone's up, someone else is down, when someone else is down, someone else is up, and it goes on and on because there's unaddressed angers and people being upset and feeling like nobody can hear them in the crowd. Something like this, I know I can't do it, but I, I would wish is I would love to sit in a room with these four people, each one talk without them being interrupted by anybody else or anyone taking the gun away, because there will be no gun, but their gun would be their feelings. And hearing each one's version of the family, not just of themselves or each person individually, but of the family. Because there seems to be a very deep love, and then there's this sliding scale how we really feel because every child and really think about this because all of us if we have siblings are going to know what this is every child is born into a different family if you're the first child you're born to parents that have never done this before they're learning with you They don't know how long to keep you crying. They don't know if they're going to spoil you. They don't know how to feed you, change your diaper. All that's a learning tree. And then number two is like, let's done this before. Oh, but this kid's a little different, but I kind of done this before. They both have to do the same thing. Two more, and they're like, well, this is just par for the course. And if there's a four and a five and a six and a seven and an eight, which 
there is at times. You could see the younger ones being more and more independent because they've had less and less guidance. And a lot of times the younger ones don't go nuts because the older ones go nuts because they're the ones with the restrictions. That's how restrictions affect them. But the younger ones, they're like, oh, I got to fend for myself. I better figure this out. And they're left to figure it out, and they come out really pretty darn strong. We're the first ones at type A, probably, most likely. Number two, might be, might not be, might be rebellious to the, to the older child and to the parents. But by the time you get to four or five, you've got the most flexible of your children right there. It's very interesting. And here she says, the handgun is the third one. The middle child middle children, like if you have four, two, and three, they feel the least hurt. Third, probably got the least attention from the parents. It's interesting. So everybody is born to a different family. So their view of the family is also different than the firstborn. And, and now, just being older with my siblings, we are six of us. And I'm the oldest girl. Siblings, I'm like, were we in the same family? How did you get that out of our childhood? And I'm really shocked. I'm like, mom did what? Dad did what? What? It fascinates me. How perceptions and memories and all that are different even in the same family. And Maria writes, the one with the handgun is the third one. And she writes, I am the youngest one. There you have it. Amazing. Amazing. So it's just a bunch of unresolved stuff and people haven't worked out their stuff. And when we feel someone's anger, we just can't believe it. We can't believe it. Because now we want to stop it. We don't want to feel it. So you want to what? Eliminate your family? What difference is that going to make? You still didn't resolve your stuff. I think one day I just want to talk about the ripple effect of killing. Because you did not, (laughs) nothing is as it seems, nor as it is seen. I had two more dreams, which I will have to wait till next week for. However, talking about guns and killing people and nothing is as it seems. You're not hurting the person you killed. They die. They, they, they're back at home and they're, they've done their job. Their exit was that. But the person who did it is the one that I'm worried about because the person who did it now has done it. They crossed a huge line. It's not easy. No matter how much we hear about it, the people who, who kill other people have died because they died with the person they killed. They have dead eyes. When you look at them, you see their mugshot, they're blank. If you ever want to see dead eyes, you look at someone that they just caught. They're the ones who die. They're the ones who are paying the price for their behavior here. And sometimes their anger accelerates, so the next killing is even worse because they're already dead, and now they're dying over and over again. 
It's a very sad, sad reality. But that's for another day. My time is already up. I could go on and do these dreams all day. I have two dreams I will save till next week. And I love you guys. I will see you tomorrow on Questions Friday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.